Welcome to the Grip Strip Podcast, the Records and Rain episode of the Grip Strip Podcast. I'm forgetting what episode we're on at this point. Somewhere in it's like 31. 31. Yeah, that sounded about right. I was like 20. I was like, I know we did 28, and I always know 28 because it's one of my favorite numbers. But all the crap that's been going on, I'm losing it. We're getting close to some uh, pretty serious times here. We're already in pretty serious times. Uh, but, um, yeah, episode 31 here of the GSP, not going to be as serious, uh, trying to be a little loose and, uh, provide you the entertainment and the news and information that you want to hear and some, uh, unique takes on the world of motorsports and sports as well with, uh, foosball and, uh, baseball or whatever else that comes on. Uh, my name's Philip Matthew. I'm here with my co-host, Joshua Fine. What's going on, man? Yeah, I'm doing good. I uh, had a good uh, little weekend here. I had a trip that I went on and uh, just had some time to relax, but it was all good. But, you know, this weekend we had some uh, chaotic racing in, uh, in some of the series and then uh, delay of racing in the Cup Series, which just ended an hour ago and yeah. all that. But you know, I think some of these guys here, maybe they like Red Hot Chili Peppers because uh, Noah Gregson, Alex Rossi, they both uh, gave it away uh, this weekend. Oh, nicely done. I mean, you know what I'm going to do? There you go. I'm giving a beer open. I need to get we need to get <laughs> sound drops. We need to do stuff because I was going to do that for the vacation. But the Chili Peppers reference, um, especially, you know, with Gagson. Uh, the way he that was epic how he did that because my mom saw the end of the race and and told me about it and and said that and it didn't sound as dramatic or didn't seem as dramatic then I watched the highlights and I'm like what the heck hell just happened there Harrison Burton went and passed that that pizza face douchebag and I'm no fan of Harrison Burton, but I was a fan of him right then and there when he made that pass. Um, Alexander Rossi's uh, meltdown, the Andretti Autosport meltdown at uh, St. Petersburg. Uh, will All those things will come up. We are going to talk about Formula One, Lewis Hamilton breaking a record that um, I would think most people would have believed was never going to be met or never be caught, but he did at uh, the beautiful Portimao circuit in Portugal, very cold Portugal for the Portuguese Grand Prix. And they'll be going to Imola for the first time in a long time uh, for the San Marino Grand Prix or whatever they're calling it. They have some, probably some other name for it, but I'm going to call it the San Marino Grand Prix. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about the IndyCar finale at St. Pete, a lot of the things that are going on, the wheels in motion with some of the silly season with that. We'll talk about the clusterfuck that was Texas across uh, just an hour ago. The cup race ended uh, talking about how amazing the slot car racing was and running wide open around a one and a half mile racetrack and making it seem like it was interesting, but it definitely wasn't. Uh, Kyle Bush winning his first race since Homestead which was handed to him. So really it's the first win that he's had in a year and a half. Basically it was like June of last year was the last time he'd won a race. I think on merit and uh, 
so they can shut up about him and he can go and disappear for the last two weeks of the season. Thank God. Um, at one of the crappiest racetracks on planet Earth. Um, fucking three days of rain. They couldn't get the mist, whatever. And then they had that garbage go on. I think they sat there for how many days? And Chris Bush had to drive around all day with a wrecked race car uh, to finish 35th or 36th, which is just, or whatever it was. It was epically bad. Uh, Matt Kenshits, Kensits, whatever, Kenseth or whatever you want to call him, Rex 10 gets wrecked off of the front bumper of cocaine Hamlin. Um, his new buddy, his, his buddy's coming back. We'll talk about hard R coming back. Um, driving a five car next year. Um, we'll, uh, and, uh, Kenseth goes and gets wrecked off of Hamlin and, uh, Hamlin ends up collateral damage was his driver for next year. Um, made all the people that, uh, for all the maggots and all the people that hate Bubba Walls, uh, they they were happy, got wrecked, sat there for three, four days, missed out on This Is Us and other shows with his uh, smoking hot girlfriend uh, to go sit there and get wrecked 10 laps into the restart. Uh, there, I will talk about the Xfinity race, which was also chaotic and basically useless, uh, which saw Harrison Burton win. And then the Truck Series race, which was definitely one that uh, might have been the most interesting for all for mainly the reason of lots of wrecking and lots of anger and lots of daddy's money douchebags being mad at one another. And then we'll get into the grip strip uh, roundup or the GSP roundup and we'll talk about MotoGP and uh, the other series that were going on and uh, whatever else comes up here. We're riffing here. This is a this is off the cuff, off the roof, as uh as Bobo would uh, say on uh, the Stern show. Even though nothing comes off the cuff or off the roof except his toupee, because he's he's a moron. Uh, the first thing we will talk about is the Portuguese Grand Prix, and uh, Lewis Hamilton breaks the record and wins his 92nd Formula One race on Sunday by 25 seconds plus over Valtteri Bottas' teammate. It wasn't, it wasn't a straightforward win. It wasn't a straightforward weekend for Lewis. He had to pull a lap together on Saturday to win the pole, then uh, late, and then he goes and uh, has a good start, but then falls back. Because of the changeable conditions, uh, Botas takes the lead, dominates for a little while, for only for uh, Lewis to go and blast by him like he didn't exist, and then ran off to a 25.5 second victory over Valtteri Botas. There were only four cars on the lead lap at the end of that race. It was... Um, Hamilton, Botas, Verstappen, Leclerc, Pierre Gasly, and Carlos Sainz, who led four of the four, four laps in the race, uh, the only car that wasn't a Mercedes that led. Um, a lot of stuff went on. Um, Lance Stroll hit everything but the lottery. I mean, other than the lottery of his dad giving him a ride, even though he has he's a hack. Uh, Lewis Hamilton breaks the record. 92 wins. It's unbelievable. 
it was emotional for me personally as a fan, but um want to get your take first, Josh, on what you saw at Portimao, a new circuit for Formula One. It was definitely not the usual conditions you would think at Portugal, um, even at this time of the year, but um, a masterclass performance by Lewis Hamilton to uh, break the record with Michael Schumacher. Yeah, it was an interesting start to that race. Um, you know, when Lewis Hamilton starts on the pole, usually he's just going to take off and go unless something happens. And, and this time around, yeah, something did happen. Like at first he, well, you know, at first he took the lead, but then he slipped up and gave it up to uh, Valtteri Botas and, and fell back a little bit and had, I guess, you know, he uh, had some handling issues on the first lap and then it started raining. And then, you know, we had, well, before that we had uh, Max Verstappen wreck, uh, uh, Sergio Perez on the uh, opening lap, and I mean that was probably more of just you know race incidental contact there. Mm-hmm. So I mean nothing malicious, but yeah. as about as uh, you know chaotic as you can get without anything else you know being more chaotic. And we've had some chaotic starts to start races this season, but it was definitely up there, and it wasn't easy for Lewis, but he was able to come back and put on a show and he just had to trust himself in his car and, you know, had a lot of confidence and, uh, with his team and, and, and his uh, car that he was just able to come back and lead a lot of laps and then eventually win the race. So and now he sets the record and he has, uh, the, the title, uh, likely in on wraps too, for the most part. And, you know, with, uh, Botas, I mean, he's had some solid efforts, but you know, he's always going to be the, uh, second fiddle to Lewis at least uh, as long as he's a Mercedes driver. But it was, um, shows just how dominant Mercedes is. It shows how good Lewis can be when he has a really good team behind him. And, you know, something to kind of notice, just just uh, to put it in perspective of, you know, how this is, like Michael Schumacher, uh, you know, he was tied for this up until now with Lewis winning. But, you know, he against his teammate, he won 85% of the time. Um, but then Lewis Hamilton, he's only won against his teammate like 68% of the time, which shows how dominant Michael was in his era. Yeah. And for Lewis, at least recently, he's won like 39 races to like, I don't know, like nine or so races for Valtteri Botas or um, actually it's less than that. I can't remember the number. I saw this on the Formula One Reddit. That's why I'm yeah. it up. But, uh, you know, for Lewis, like it shows how competitive this era is um, and also it with at least the lately with uh, him and Valtteri and even going back to Nico Rosberg, it just shows how, how good Mercedes is, I think. But 92 wins for Lewis Hamilton. Actually, he has the same number of wins, uh, almost the same number of wins as his friend uh, Jeff Gordon in the Cup Series with uh, mm-hmm. 93 wins. So yeah. he's one away from that, I guess, if you want to say anything for that. If that's, a, I guess, a, a pencil measuring contest, if you know what I mean. But uh, good stuff for Lewis, and and uh, hopefully he continues to win throughout the rest of the year. And Well, not hopefully, but I'm sure he will. But it, it'll be entertaining throughout the rest of the season as uh, we wrap it up in Formula One. Yeah, it was a great point you brought up. I just sent that to you because it was uh, shared in the Grid Talk podcast uh, the page or in the chat over there on uh, on the Messenger where I'm on the Grid Talk podcast as well. Uh, Josh, 
is uh can be a part of that and i've written for Sportlight, um and george has been on the show with us here brought up an amazing point about how lewis you know when he was at mclaren it wasn't completely straightforward there um especially i mean he he tied with alonzo as a rookie then button it was only 55 percent with Rosberg, he won 60, it was 60-40, uh, largely due to, of course, a lot of mechanicals and a lot of crap because of, you know, what um, what they were doing there at Mercedes. Um, and that. But, I mean, you go and look at since Rosberg left, 81% win percentage, 17 through 20, Every single one of those years, and more than likely, as as Josh said, uh, will be a fourth consecutive world championship tying, and will tie Michael with Schumacher with seven world championships. But I mean, even even going back further than that, you go and look at he has 92 wins, and since he joined um, Mercedes, I mean. He had 22 wins or 21 wins before he joined uh, Mercedes. He has 92 wins now. So 71 victories. And every year, Sands won, which was 2017, nine races. And right now he's at eight. There's still five races to go in the, se- in the season. It is a shorter season than usual. It'll be 17 races. It's more like the old days. Uh, 17 races, but he has a chance to, for what would be the fifth fifth time in six years, win double-digit races. So right now, I mean, the the point is, next step, I guess, of course, is, I I mean, Jeff Gordon's a good one to bring up, uh, their friends, uh, 93, but the bigger one's 100 and 100. I mean, he has 161 podiums. Currently, his average start is 1.5, and his average finish is two. I mean, he's won eight out of eight out of 12 races. Only four, three other drivers have won this year. He has 10 podiums. Botas and Verstappen have nine. He has nine poles, and Botas is three. So, I mean, it's insane. There's only four. I mean, when you go and look at how dominant Mercedes is. It's similar to what Ferrari was uh, with Schumacher. Uh, There's when you take 61 laps have been led by a non Mercedes driver, this whole entire season, um, which is insane. Um, But it, it speaks to Lewis taking that chance, believing in what uh, the great Nicky Lauda told him and sold to him to say, Hey, Come here, we will build you a car that will make you a world, multiple world champion and win a lot of races. And Mercedes showed up during the new um, engine package, and they have, they have not only made the best engine more or less every year since 2014, but as the years have gone on, they've built a reliability. They have built cars that have been suited to Lewis's uh, driving style. And Lewis has picked his game up. The fact of the matter is he's always been uh, good. Uh, there's ever since he was a rookie um, at age 22 in a McLaren against 
two-time defending world champion Fernando Alonso, he's always been good. But he keeps on getting better. And he and he and and it's and it's no joke. He's no joke. He's legitimately one of the greatest drivers ever lived, not just in Formula One, but in general. Uh, he's an absolute beast. It's crazy to think for me, it tells me my age. I mean, he's literally only 19 days older than me. And the guy is an absolute beast. And I and I'm a fan and I'll always be a fan. Um, you want to get into semantics about other things. I just care about his driving. You want to go and get in other things. You want to make it uh, make it into social justice then you can do that. That's fine. If you want to shit on the guy, all I have to say is 92 and seven and 92 and six. That's, that's what all I have to say. And I, I'm going to be saying 92 and, and 90 or whatever. It's going to be more than 92 and it's going to be seven world championships. So you can go and shove it up your ass. If you really want to go and get into semantics, we can get into it. I can just give you numbers. Period. End of story. Uh, Lewis, is one of the greatest drivers and they'll say, well, he's in the best car. Well, it's formula one. Usually the best drivers end up in the best cars. Michael Schumacher did it at Ferrari. That's why he had 90. The better part of his 91 wins came in a, in a, in a span of about five to seven years of Ferrari. Um, you know, you look at the greats like Prost or Senna or, or, you know, Jim Clark with Lotus, or you look and you go back in the days with the guys, the greats that drove for Ferrari, or, you know, Juan Manuel Fangio drove for Mercedes, Ferrari, Maserati, you know, like it all is connected. And, and that's, it doesn't matter who you are. You, you know, bring up Jeff Gordon, you bring up Jimmy, uh, Josh did with Jeff Gordon. He won 93 races. He won half of those races in a span from 1995 through 1999, basically. The the entire his entire span of time that he had with Ray Evernham, he won half his races, and then the rest of his career, he won the other half of his races. It tells you how good the right having everything together, having the right people in place, matters. You know, Jimmy and Chad, all the years they were together to see where they are now separated and what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. It goes through racing. It goes through sports and you don't have to, you can go and downgrade Lewis Hamilton's greatness. It's fine. You can go and suck a dick and you probably do anyway. Probably have the flag in the back of the lifted pickup truck and other things to go and do the starter kit. Well, that's fine. You probably take Benoit balls like freaking Lennon, Grad Lindsay. Um, anyways, so it's a 77 point lead for Hamilton over Botas, 94 point lead over Max Verstappen. The battle for fourth in the world championship is very close. It is 15 points or 16 points between Daniel Ricardo and Pierre Gasly. Uh, so fourth to ninth, 16 points. So that's definitely and 21 points to Carlos Sainz in 10th, who is one of the only guys that has led all year. So, I mean, uh, credit to him for leading the race early. Uh, it shows what kind of talent he has. Uh, you wonder if when if Ferrari ever figures it out and he's there, what he can do with Charlie Claire, 
who's been driving an absolute toilet on wheels, and he's fifth in the world championship right now, and he's only five points out of fourth. Um, absolutely unbelievable what he's doing. The car is an absolute piece of crap, and he's been doing work. Sergio Perez doesn't even have a job. He's only run 10 Grand Prix this year. He's sixth in points, absolutely wiping the floor with his fag of a teammate um, in in Lance Stroll, who who had COVID and decided to walk around and 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 expose be exposed for other people because he's a self-serving piece of shit and then went and acted like he didn't have it and isolated and showed up and ran into Max Verstappen and then ran into whatever on Sunday because he's a fucking idiot um, and and a moron and a useless waste of a ride um, which is typical and not shocking. Uh, he was the only car that fell out of the race. Uh, he ran into, I think he ran into Lando. Yeah, that's what he did. He ran into Lando because he's a moron. Felt bad for Lando there. Um, other things, I mean, honestly, I mean, Perez came back to seventh after his issues with Verstappen. You know, Sainz fell back. You know, Lando had a better car than outside of the points, but of course got ran into Alexander Albon is up against it really bad. Uh, it seems very likely that he's not going to be in formula one next year. And, uh, for the kind of guy he is, the kind of person he is, it's going to be awful. I think he'll land on his feet and he'll be okay in the long run. Uh, personally, I hope he comes to the United States. I think he'd be great here. Um, you know, there's not a lot of whole, not a lot of Asian representation uh, as as a Asian guy here. Uh, you know, it would be cool to have Alexander Albon as a Thai uh, driver come into like IndyCar or whatever uh, sports cars. It'd be great. Um, you know, it's Kevin Magnuson. I, it'd be the same thing. His dad's a legendary sports car driver. Didn't have a great Formula One career, but he was a legendary sports car driver. And he's still at it, and he's a really good sim racer, too. So um, maybe Kevin will do that. Uh, we will see. And, of course, they'll be running at Imola this weekend or for the back-to-back before they have a, a week off. And then they'll be going to Turkey or a couple weeks off, and they'll be going to Turkey. Uh, we will transition from the Formula One, we've been going on that for a little bit, and we'll transition to the Indy cars, uh, the uh, St. Petersburg, the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. Uh, Josh made a mention of uh, Alexander Rossi. Uh, he definitely spit the bit. It fit the whole entire year uh, for him. Uh, speed and all the other things that were there and to go and and give away what was a, a, a straightforward, likely victory. Um, he wasn't the first one. Um, Will Winge Power won the pole, uh, had the race basically on lock early, and then just went off. An uncharacteristic mistake for Winge Power um, gave away, gave it away. I mean, he was going to have to battle Alexander Rossi likely for that victory, but 
it was a fuel mileage race because it was 100 laps versus 110 or 15 or whatever. But of course, with all the caution and how long it took for cautions, the, the race ran over, which means it tells you for TV purposes, they probably need to put their race on NBCSN instead of regular NBC because they don't know how to run quick yellows, um, which isn't their fault. It's just a, a product of all the cautions that happened on top of one another, uh, which is unusual for Indy cars because they usually run relatively clean. Um, Joe, in the end, you know, Rossi, Willpower both made mistakes, knocked themselves out of the race, handed the deal to Joseph Newgarden, got pushed by Pato Award there late, but in the end, Joseph Newgarden repeats as the winner at St. Petersburg, but he doesn't, he's not able to do enough. He ties Scott Dixon for wins. They ran the finish the same amount of laps in 1900 laps ran new garden, led more laps. Uh, average finish was a 0.2 difference. They ran, they finished every single race. Mileage was exactly the same 16 points after 14 races uh, since Scott Dixon finished third at St. Petersburg. Um, props to Sebastian Bourdais finishing fourth and starting seventh in the AJ Ford number 14, which is probably the best road course finish that car has had in God knows how long. Uh, Ryan Hunter finished fifth. Pagano, Erickson, Jimbo Kimball, Green Rehall, who's uh, battling. Uh, that the wildfires are going to have in California. They're having in California while uh, Courtney's in, uh, about to pop. And Takuma Sato, who's uh, signing an extension to stay, the two-time Indy 500 winner uh, to stay at uh, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan, and every other letter on the alphabet. Colton Herta had a chance, had made multiple mistakes in that race which kind of shows the two sides of Colton. You get the good with him, how he ran up front, and then he makes that mistake, um, which is why Paddle Ward beat him for the um, Indy Lights Championship a few years ago, but nobody mentions that part because they spend a lot of time ball-licking um, Colton Hurd up. Uh, Josh, uh, Scott Dixon, you know, we talked about records, uh, six championships for Scott Dixon, in a weird year, uh, he started out fast and definitely was holding on for dear life at the end. Had to avoid a lot of carnage to get to the front, to be in the position to hold himself up and win this championship. But what a championship. It's IndyCar, uh, at a, a typical IndyCars, you know, dramatic all the way to the end. Uh, but uh, Dixon and Newgarden uh, came down to it. But Newgarden won. Dixon won the won the big prize. Yeah, it was uh, just a interesting season, just the whole way it went. You know, we were supposed to be at St. Petersburg back in March and then got canceled and moved back all the way down to this weekend or this past weekend. And um, it's just been a really interesting season throughout. And it's had a lot of great moments, uh, a lot of unprecedented moments. And, you know, just, just uh, it was a, it seemed like it was going to be Scott Dixon's title the whole way, and it was. But you know, the last couple of weeks of the season, uh, the door started to open back up, and, and Joseph Newgarden did what he had to do, and he went out and won this race. 
but Scott Dixon was just good enough to get it done on Sunday and win the title and um, going to be the, I mean, whenever it gets done, it's going to be uh, Scott Dixon with probably the greatest uh, IndyCar driver in modern times, uh, certainly since um, post post uh, split, I would say, and with uh, just the amount of wins he has and all the championships he has um, and, and continuing to do it at the age that he's at now. Uh, it's going to be interesting how how he uh, fares uh, going forward and and all that. But I think you know the future for the sport is um, certainly uh, going to be exciting with uh, the new chassis, new engine that will come in a couple of years from now, and uh, going to be interesting to see how Scott McLaughlin does going forward. And you know he he crashed out of this race, but uh, hopefully you know next season he makes some exciting moves and and uh, puts on a show for the fans if uh, wherever they're at on TV or at, um, at the track. Uh, and Pat O'Ward, I think he's going to be a, a star uh, for the series. And he is certainly, I mean, while he wasn't a rookie this year, uh, this was basically like his, I wouldn't say breakout year, but as close as a breakout year as he could get. I mean, he didn't, didn't win anything, but he was able to really show what he could do in the number five uh, Arrow McLaren car and kind of a good season for McLaren as their first year as a kind of a partnership with uh, the uh, Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports Group. And they had a lot of good runs throughout the season in the, the five and the seven. And unfortunate that the seven's going to um, not have Oliver Askew, but hopefully he can find a good ride for next year. He's a talented driver and, and deserves to be in at least a, a mid-pack ride um, at the very least, if uh, not anything better. But um, this, I mean, the the race itself, like like you said, it was, um, and like we talked about, you know, it was the, the first, like, you know, 60 laps were, you know, basically classic IndyCar. There's, there were some incidents, but, you know, for the most part, um, not not a, a whole lot happened, and then um, Rossi went ahead and wrecked himself, and then uh, Marco Andretti got wrecked by uh, uh, Takuma Sato there, and Takuma had a couple of incidents where he got into some guys, which um, is, uh, I don't want to say it's typical of him, but, you know, that's, sometimes that's kind of how he is, but, um, you know, he puts on exciting moments, though, uh, at the other races, but it was a interesting race uh, after that part, and then we had Hinchcliffe crashing under caution and and basically choking away whatever chance he had for the win, and and then Colton Herta making his mistake, and you know that gave gave the window of opportunity for Newgarden to take the win, and and I mean I had a feeling Newgarden was going to win, but uh, just didn't have enough to win the championship there. Uh, Scott Dixon w- would have had wrecked out or uh, had some catastrophic failure at the very end of that race, but it goes to stock, uh, Scott Dixon, and we'll see how he does next year. And he's going to have Jimmy Johnson as a teammate, at, at least at the road courses. And so, going to be interesting to see how that plays out and how they'll gel together as teammates and how much uh, they can help each other uh, at the road courses at least next year. Yeah, it's going to be quite an interesting. Uh, there's a lot of things that have been decided. There's still a lot of stuff to to be figured out. We don't know who's going to be in the 10 car uh, next year for Ganassi, but has been the NTT uh, data car for the last couple of years with um, with Rosenquist. 
Um, they, uh, they, they haven't figured out a driver for that car. Uh, you mentioned Scotty McLaughlin, the three-time defending supercars champion from Australia, former Bathurst 1000 winner, young gun hotshot, the, basically the Penske version of Scott Dixon. It only took 20 years for uh, Roger Penske to find his uh, New Zealand um, hotshot, um, and it just took him going to Australia buying a part of Dick Johnson racing and taking his driver there. But um, uh, Scott McLaughlin is going to be uh, somebody to watch as a rookie full-time next year in a fourth can, uh, and fourth Penske car since the sports car program is going to be done. Um, they're going to bring over those guys and uh, basically spread them across the IndyCar program. I figure some of those people between on the sports car program will also be spread to um, Cindric for Xfinity slash the cup program since he'll be working, uh, running limited schedule for the Wood Brothers as well. Uh, there you had Sebastian Bourdais show up and have a great run in the AJ Foyt 14, which I mean, isn't, I mean, the reality is that car is generally been irrelevant for a while. It's only the second or third top 10 all year for the 14 car this year. Uh, the only other two top tens were Tony Kanan on ovals gateway one and then Texas in the opener. We're the only other, uh, top tens. Um, he Kanan also finished 11th at Iowa too. Uh, so those were the only, uh, like reasonable finishes. I mean, of course you had Dalton Kellett driving the car. So at times, so that would also explain why they weren't anywhere because Dalton Kellett is basically the land stroll of, of IndyCar. Um, you know, Char Marcus Erickson signed an extension because he has Husky Chocolate and he's funded by multimillionaires out in Sweden or Denmark or wherever the fuck he's from. Uh, so he, the chocolate chip Ganassi car will continue to run. Uh, that'll be something. We don't know who's going to be running the second car for AJ Foyt. Uh, there's rumors about Bray Hall Len Letterman Lanigan getting another car full-time. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Uh, Pat Award will have Rosenquist as a teammate. There may be a third car for limited races there at Spam. Uh, Hunter Ray, it seems like, will be back again for another year. He's the elder statesman at Andretti Autosport. Uh, who's going to sponsor him to be determined? Um, but uh, he's been there, number 28, of course, with his family that all looks like the photo. Like when you get your photo, those those picture frames, you get the, the, the family that just looks like they look perfect. Like that's him and and Becky and all the kids. They, they're all with like bleach, platinum blonde hair. It's insane. Um, that's that's what that whole thing is with Ryan Hunter Ray. Um Penske, of course, expanding to four cars. That'll be an interesting dynamic. I figure whether it's Pagano or Power, I think one of those guys eventually is going to get dropped um, by the after next year. I figure um, 
the good thing for Pagano is that John Menard, he won for John Menard, and he'll fund anybody. Um, he'll fund his son driving around mid-pack. Um, Pagano won him the Indy 500, so I feel like Pagano's a little younger, but he's a way better sports car driver. Um, so they have a little flexibility if Penske wants to go past sports car racing um, with the new um, convergence between the the IMSA and World Endurance Championship to run Le Mans, st- stuff like that. So there's flexibility there. Um, Will Power, for all that's good about him, is, is a douche. Um, and but you know who who knows maybe he'll he'll continue to drive maybe he'll figure out a way to napalm himself out of a ride he tried to do that earlier this year and then got bailed out uh, by whoever it was Verizon or whoever it was so it is what it is um, figure Connor Daly will be full time next year Fred Carpenter racing with Renus VK uh, who was on with uh, Frank and. Uh, the ISCP uh, this uh, today, actually earlier today, it went live. They did a live interview with him and Jared, Frank and Jared did an interview with the rookie of the year, Renus VK and uh, they're great podcasts. It's part of the reason why I'm here and why Josh and I are here. Uh, I credit Frank Missy, that whole crew um, for giving me the, the swift kick in the ass to come out and do my own thing. It took me a long time, went through a lot of crap, but I thank Frank and Missy and them for the motivation. And uh, they did a live interview with Renus VK. It's on YouTube. It's on all the places you can get podcasts. Uh, So definitely give it a listen. Um, Renus VK, just like you talked about it, Josh, about what the future of IndyCar is. I mean, Scott Dixon's not quitting anytime soon. The guy's not human. I th- I, I I swear he's like he's 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 not human. I mean, he's like Bryson DeChambeau in golf, or he's he's like some of them wrestlers. Like it doesn't make sense. The dude is not. He he's, he doesn't age. It probably helps that his wife is is a piece of ass and she's a yep. runner and she's an Olympic level runner. So the point is they they probably pork like nobody's business. I mean that's why we have Kit Dixon. So I mean he stays young that way. And then on top of it, I mean he's still winning. I mean he's won. He sat there and won sports car races all year for Wayne Taylor, and he's probably going to get back get that third seat in the Wayne Taylor car next year since they're a Honda Acura team. So that's a guarantee. Um, Guy's been winning for 20 years. Guy won his first IndyCar race for PacWest at Nazareth. That tells you how long this has been going on for Scott Dixon. He was, he's winning. He won at tracks that don't even exist anymore that people have to go and sneak into and they do videos going in there. That's something I want to do. I figure if, you, if you ever were to come up here, Josh, we'd go and drive to Nazareth. We'll do that. We'll do a live cast. But um, who knows? Probably there's nothing going on out there in Nazareth and in uh, Bethlehem. So there, we might get arrested. Probably wouldn't work out well for me. But um, there is that um, Scott Dixon records. Uh, he's trying to tie A.J. Foyt next year for seven IndyCar championships which will start at St. Petersburg in March. Um, 
from all the dramatic and interesting things that went on at Portimao and at St. Pete, we will go to the uh, slot car racing that took place uh, earlier this evening at uh, Texas Motor Speedway, which uh, was the, um, the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500. Started on Sunday afternoon. Uh, don't know. I still don't know what happened over the first 52 laps. All I know was Clint Boyer was leading and he led for 72 at, for three days plus uh, because he ended up winning stage one. And he led 89 laps, so he led the second most laps on the day, but only got a 17th place finish to show for it. Kyle Busch won stage two and won the race um, over Martin Truex Jr. It was a Gibbs 1-2-3 with Chris Bell finishing third in the uh, Levine Family Racing throwback, which is what he should have run at Darlington, quite frankly. It looked great. Uh, it was a cool-looking car because it's a throwback. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, I don't know what the hell he did at, at at Darlington. It probably wasn't as cool as running a throwback to your owner and your original paint scheme. Uh, YRB fourth, Bowman fifth, uh, Brad Keselowski, Kurt Busch, Matthew Benedetto, Denny Hamlin, who got involved in something on Sunday. Still don't know what the hell that was. Ninth. Joey Logano, 10th. Um, we got Kevin Harvick had issues on Sunday. Still don't know what the hell those were. Finished 16th. Car wasn't turning. Off frig wasn't turning. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek, he runs well at Texas. Didn't work out as well for him. He was running further up there as uh, than where he ended up finishing. I mean, Johnson blew up with the Noah Sweet. Um, paint scheme there which is a shame he was running top 10 he had a good car i mentioned the bubble walls and matt kenseth wreck earlier uh some of the other uh, you know cellar dwellers around them i mean it's a shame for johnson it was a good run in his last race at texas in a cup car it probably is last time he'll ever run at texas uh, he's definitely not going to do it in an indy car because it's like asking for death uh, uh i don't know what you saw josh about the race today, whatever was left of it, the last, I guess, 80% of the race today. Uh, I don't know if you saw it on Sunday and what happened, but uh, give us your thoughts on uh, good old Kyle Bush breaking a losing streak, uh, one of his longest losing streaks of his career, and all the media can go and wax poetic about uh, his fuel-saving uh, abilities here today. Yeah, I mean, I saw some of the race on Sunday driving back and, and just had, had it on my phone. And But I saw the part where Kevin Harvick got into the wall somehow. I guess he got somehow tight or something. Or the I think that was the part when it started raining, too. And so that was interesting, I guess. But, yeah, then I guess Clint Boyer somehow got the lead through pit strategy. And then uh, he held the I, – I bet he has the record for the longest period or, like, actual time – uh, between uh, like in a race where he held the lead because he held it for three days, and I don't think there's ever been a point in history where anybody else has led uh, that for that long in real time. 
but I guess good for him. And he was able to lead a little bit and use clean air and you know, had an aggressive block at the very end of stage one. And uh, was able to hold the lead and win that. And uh, Martin Truex was a little bit mad, but whatever. And uh, he was a contender for the win, I guess. And then they didn't put enough fuel in the car and didn't get enough in there. And uh, he was ran out of gas there with like 78 to go and then got the lead back late but then it was too it was basically pointless because he was going to have to pit anyways and then kyle bush and and then just uh was able to draft off uh lapped cars or draft off of clint boyer and get the win and i mean i knew he was gonna uh, not run out of gas i mean i wasn't sure if he was gonna win the race but i mean i feel like these days in nascar it's pretty rare for the leader to uh, flat out uh, just run out of gas like on the last lap or with a handful of laps to go it just doesn't happen anymore like that it's um, usually like they end up having to pit or something and someone else outlasts them there's never like the guy uh, makes it to the you know the last lap or whatever and then runs out of fuel and haven't really had that kind of uh, fuel mileage drama in a long time because uh, it usually just ends up working out but Hey, he made it work. Good for him. He won. Uh, I guess maybe maybe the uh, the baldness on him uh, doesn't uh, keep going. I guess because he's he's getting bald, and maybe maybe uh, the uh, stress relief from from this win will slow down the balding on him. But we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, uh, I mean, if if Martin Truex would have won this race, uh, this this would have flipped the playoff grid on its head. Because he's like 36 points or whatever out of the, or he was like 36 points uh, out of the the lead uh, or out of fourth place, and then it would have put him in the, the playoff uh, field and would have kicked Brad Keselowski out, and then uh, Denny Hamlin, for all the success that he's had this season, would be only two points above the cut line, which is pretty insane. And so I guess it was probably a good thing that uh, his teammate, that's not in the playoffs now, won the race and. And Martin Truex uh, didn't win, so I guess it keeps the the balance of power at Joe Gibbs for uh, and in the playoff grid for the time being. Uh, Christopher Bell might have had a shot at the win if uh, he would have gotten around Martin Truex and and if uh, Kyle Busch ran out of gas, but uh, just didn't have enough to to make it uh, to that point. But uh, his best career finish, I think, and and probably one of the best finishes for the 95 car since uh, Matt DiBenedetto uh, finished Bristol, second last yeah. year at Bristol last year. But uh, overall, not really much of a race. Um, somehow we get a Wednesday night race again, even though that wasn't supposed to happen after the end of the summer when they caught up with all the races after the break. But uh, maybe it gives NASCAR an opportunity uh, to think about in the future if they want to do a midweek playoff race, uh, if they decide to do that, it would be interesting, but I don't think they will because they're probably trying to maximize TV ratings for the playoffs because midweek racing doesn't usually get the ratings that they that they like, but uh, we'll see what, how that goes. But um, for the rest of the playoff field, I mean, Chase Elliott uh, probably can write him off unless he gets a, a win here at Martinsville coming up. Kevin Harvick is safe. Uh, Denny Hamlin should be safe, and Brad Keselowski should be safe. Bush can, or Kurt Bush can run him, uh, write him off. Alex Bowman probably write him off, but he could uh, have something uh, left on the table. Uh, Martin Truex did win at Martinsville before, so you can't quite him out, uh, count him out. So, um, but otherwise, he's probably out. 
So I would expect the field to stay the same, but uh, given Martinsville being a short track, I feel like you, you know you can't rule anything out. Yeah, I mean we the race in June was different than any Martinsville race that's happened in a while. Uh, in that first run where people were going multiple laps down, including Martin Truex, who who had to basically hold on to one lap down and came all the way back to win um, there. And you consider how crappy the 550 rules package is. Uh, it's one year, like Homestead is generally a, a great racetrack in terms of being able to run multiple grooves, but you'll get spread out, unfortunately, because of the way things are. This race that took place today, uh, watching what happened there, and Chris Bell had the fastest car out of the three of those Gibbs cars, couldn't pass Martin Truex, and then I think he ran one and two a little too hard one lap, and from that moment on, he couldn't get back to the bumper of the 19 car. The 19 car got within a second of the 18, and then basically plateaued out. Truex all of a sudden this last couple of years has become a short track racer. He won there in June. You cannot count him out. But of course, with James Small suspended uh, because of the spoiler, yet another Joe Gibbs racing failure, which I mean, the media won't report, but it seems convenient to me that the Gibbs cars fail more than anybody else. But it's okay since because of how bad the field is these days, I can start tailback and by the end of the first stage there in, in stage points, I, I find that's interesting. If, if Truex had won, it would have made Martinsville even more dramatic. Instead, basically two guys are going to make, make it. And I figure with points, uh, Harvick from all intents and purposes, unless somebody dumps them out of, uh, the race um, early is going to make it. Uh, he's earned that. And of course, Logano. Um, after that, the stage points between Hamlin, Keselowski, Elliott, and Bowman are going to be intriguing for sure. Um, Truex is going to need a Hail Mary uh, to make it, but it isn't. wouldn't be shocking considering how good he's become this last couple of years on the short tracks. Kurt Busch, he's won at Martinsville before. It's not out of the realm. He ran well uh, today at uh, Texas, but it wasn't enough. He was running better last week at Kansas and then blew up. So, frankly, he should have been eliminated in the first round to be in, or first or second round, to be in the final eight at this point in his career, considering how bad Ganassi has been this year. Um, it, it, it's a win for Kurt Busch, no matter what happens. Uh, but you, you never know. He's a, he's a veteran, wily veteran. Uh, he's going to get some uh, recon on Friday night, calling the truck race Saturday night uh, for the Xfinity. So we'll see what the one team can do. Uh, at Martinsville this weekend in a must, definite must-win scenario. But 
they'll probably have all the cameras on the 11, 2, 9, and the 88 for the whole entire day, and the points are going to be fluctuating the whole entire time. So that'll be something. Uh, the cold temperatures are probably going to make it very difficult to pass, but then that's been the thing for the last however many weeks. And because of SOD and um, Steve Phelps, they think this works. So, um, and because bad year can't make a tire that can fall off, but not blow out. Um, I mean, if, if you watched what was going on today, uh, it was slot car racing. It was, it was akin to IRL racing in the early 2000s, except you couldn't even run side by side. Uh, it was a joke. It was worse than IROC because at least in IROC you could pass. You can't even pass with this rules package. You're running completely wide open. It's almost like running cruise control, um, but with a big-ass spoiler. Uh, that's really what this is. I mean, Kevin Harvick was running 18th with a damaged race car, and he's running wide open around the whole entire racetrack. What the fuck are you talking about? That car should be so bad. If you hit the fence or you've had what, some sort of issue, you shouldn't be able to have to be able to drive that car. He was driving it wide open like it was nothing. You have no talent hacks like Joey Gase out there and fucking, I mean, uh, you, other guys, Quinn Huff. I mean, of course, Quinn Huff finished. I mean, at least give him credit. He only finished 18 laps down this, this race. In June, he, he, wrecked half, he wrecked I don't know how many cars coming on pit road. We talked about it here on the GSP because he's a, he's a waste. You know, like uh, Garrett Smithley, another waste who doesn't know how to use a mirror. He only finished nine laps down, so credit to him. Uh, finished just behind Timmy Hill, Boot Scoot Boogie. Uh, his diecast for his um, eSports win came out. I got that. Um, one of my uh, other fa uh, Twitter uh, friends uh, got that. So um, you want to get a diecast of a really cool car for a really good guy. That Timmy Hill car, I don't know how many are available, but uh, I'm glad to have one. Um, got a good DIN as well on that, so I'm glad to have that. And credit to Josh Balicki, road course guy, running the running the number seven, which is basically a blowjob McLeod, Tommy Bald, Tommy Baldwin, blowjob McLeod, um, Rick Ware special. Uh, finished the best of all our theoretical Rick Ware cars outside of Brennan Poole. So, and good good job by Balicki there. And uh, I talked about John Hunter. Eric Jones is running way better than where he finished there. Elliott had a brutal day, basically stuck him in a position where they're going to talk about those four cars the whole entire whole entire day at Martinsville on Sunday. You know, as long as that hurricane deal doesn't get over here or get over to Virginia and mess up next this weekend's race. Uh, we will see though, uh, what will happen at, uh, Martinsville. And, uh, speaking of Martinsville, before we get to that, we have to talk about the Xfinity series race at, uh, Texas, which actually happened on Saturday and, uh, was 
definitely a cluster for sure. The O'Reilly Auto Parts 300. It was uh, Harrison Burton getting that win in three and four last lap. Led five times for 24 laps, uh, but he wasn't in a position to win that race at the end. Uh, but he did get it uh, because of Noah Gagson. Anthony Alfredo, I kept on looking at that car, and I'm like, it looks like Bubba's truck from a few years ago in Michigan when he won, and it was because it's a Maestro's uh, Chevy for Anthony Alfredo. I mean, God bless him. Uh, Fast Pasta knows how to get sponsors. Uh, hopefully he gets a full-time deal there at RCR because he's a good guy. Um, he shouldn't just be making, installing uh, sim rigs at, uh, famous crew chiefs houses he should be uh, driving actual race cars um, credit to Brandon Brown getting a top five finish uh, they're they're unsung heroes of the, those teams you know uh, top five for Brandon Brown top 10 another top 10 for Josh Williams Tommy Joe Martins getting a top 10 uh, props to Jay Lopez one of my uh, friends on uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook, somebody I met through an old friend. Uh, he's a, he's an employee at the Tommy Joe Martins team. Uh, Josh Williams, an ARCA guy who's made it into Xfinity. He's a great guy. Ryan Vargas got a top 10. Ryan effing Vargas got a top 10. I didn't even notice that until just now. I mean, I'm telling you. And he's had he's, some good runs lately. Yeah, well, dude dude can drive a race car, too. I mean, we're talking about a lot of... I mean, the reason why some of this happened, I mean, God, I mean, these guys can actually drive, but they're not in the top flight equipment because there was a lot of crazy crap that happened on uh, Saturday. Uh, that there, You had some starting parts. You had some blown engines and crap and whatever. Timmy Hill starting parked and... You know, and yeah, David Starr doing what David Starr does. Chad Fincham basically starting parked. Austin Hill had a problem too. So basically, three MDM cars bailed after a hundred laps in a 200 lap race or 107 laps, and then you had all the nonsense started happening happening there after that. And there was a lot of craziness that went on on Saturday. I don't know what you saw, Josh, but uh, I'll throw to you. Um, it was definitely crazy. Uh, Chase Briscoe had issues. He was running up front. Uh, you know, other guys were up there, and there was a lot of wrecking. There was a definitely, uh, we had some interesting quotes from uh, Justin Allgaier about uh, his best friend in the garage area, Ross Chastain, um, things like that. Uh, takeaways from... Uh, what was a chaotic Texas Xfinity race? Yeah, I mean, there's just just probably the more eventful race. Well, uh, I mean, the Truck Series race is pretty eventful, too. So it was, uh, I guess, two out of three races this weekend were pretty eventful in terms of on-track action in in the uh, NASCAR racing this weekend. But Noah Gregson gaving up the win on the last lap like we talked about at the beginning of the show, and then Harrison Burton winning, and then you got the wholesome moment with uh, Jeff Burton in the NBC booth uh, uh, going out and 
you know, celebrating, I guess, in uh, in the booth while uh, Harrison wins the race. And I guess that was pretty good to see in, in the, the cool dad moment there. And then, you know, with Justin Algar, like, getting into it with uh, Ross Chastain off of the restart. And then Chastain himself had a couple of uh, big moves on some restarts during the race. But um, just continuing to be a very aggressive driver and that's I guess one of the knocks against him is that he's too aggressive sometimes and and then it cost uh Justin Algar a chance to get a good finish I mean he led 35 laps and and uh had a lot of good reason to have some uh choice words to say about Ross Chastain there and they've gotten into it in the past and and I think it's clear that Justin Algar doesn't really like Ross Chastain and and uh don't blame him for that but you know, some good finishes uh, throughout the, you know, underdogs with Brandon Brown finishing fifth and one of his better finishes that he's had this year. And hopefully that leads to better uh, chances for sponsorship for him. You know, he's one of the one of the uh, underdogs in the series and definitely knows how to get it done at these tracks. And, and no matter what he can do or what what track it is and, and everything, he's been able to get consistently good finishes and get the most out of his car. Uh, so good for him, and like you talked about, Ryan Vargas has got some good sponsorship behind him with uh, the TikTok app, and able to get another good finish uh, that he's had lately. And then Josh Williams had a f- good finish uh, this weekend again, and and uh, like we talked about, and and you know even even some of the smaller guys like Alex LeBay uh, had an 11th uh, in his car, and and. You know he's not only normally really good or trustworthy at the the road courses, so for him to get a eleventh uh, is good for that team. But it is uh, very uh, chaotic with uh, some of the action that went on. Brandon Jones also got caught up in that incident with Justin Algar as well and Ross Chastain, and uh, unfortunate for him and hurts him in the championship. But that's how it goes. Uh, for for those guys and and for um the championship and i think i think you can tell that the championship is probably going to stay as it is i mean we will we'll probably see some some moves uh being made next weekend at martinsville and i think the last two spots in the championship maybe in the last you know three spots are up for grabs and and anything could happen and it's a, a lot tighter than it is in the cup series and and we'll see how that goes but uh, wonder, wonder what will happen next weekend, and and what what some guys will do uh, to try to get in. And you know, Noah Gregson's got one more shot to make up for what happened this weekend. Uh, Justin Algar's got to have some good insurance for next weekend. Even even Cindric, uh needs to have a good run. He's only ten points above the cut line and needs some insurance there too with at least a good finish. And then maybe Ross Chastain's going to try a bonsai move next weekend and. Uh, Brandon Jones could potentially luck into a win. We've seen it happen before, so uh, it's not over yet. But certainly things are starting to uh, become more clear, I think. And uh, Chase Briscoe uh, is likely to continue on with uh, his uh, march towards the title. And and he did have an off weekend, but he could afford it. So we'll see what happens in the coming weeks uh, as this uh, finishes up. Yeah, I mean, and... uh want to go and send uh you know thoughts and prayers to chase and to marissa uh they were um trying to have another baby and they lost uh that baby as well 
they talked about it on social media and uh, thoughts and prayers to them as they struggle to as many families struggle to or couples struggle to go and have children and it's been one of those things that has built the base that uh, you know the how open that chase has been about his situation and uh, he talked about on the djd and talked about on social media and yeah he's he's gonna be in the 14 car next year and quite frankly it's an improvement um in who they based on who they've had the last few years in that car and frankly it's an improvement based on what was going on uh since the middle of 2012 but i don't even blame the guy that was in that car prior to 2017 a lot of crap happened to him um but um for chase and for marissa you know prayers to them and thoughts of them for what they've went through and um hopefully they'll be okay and that chase will be able to go out and uh respond um here in these last two races and finish this thing off uh like a champion would uh whether i mean it would be a shame at this point if he's not able to win this championship and it's not just because i'm a fan of chase briscoe but in general the way he's ran this year um it would be criminal uh but this rules this this points situation makes it so you don't even have to be the best car all year um you only have to be good one race and uh show up and um but my hopes are he'll focus he'll get things together it's a good preparation for phoenix because martinsville flat racetrack it's a new racetrack they can kind of r&d things um that'll be an option Sindrick's not known as a great short track racer he had a good uh a run at bristol there late um i don't really remember off the top what went on at richmond because chase was horrible there um all won both races at richmond uh, which fits, which would be a great thing for him to go win at Martinsville as well and lock himself in. Haley uh, has had B1, the K&N title, whatever they call it, ARCA East title. So that's a bunch of short tracks. Who knows what colleague? They're not known as a short track team. Brandon Jones is known for backing into wins. Uh, it would probably be what he would have to do. Chastain has had moments on short tracks, not usually his cup of tea. Same for Noah Gregson and Ryan Sieg. They'd all basically have to win to get in. Um, I think Sindrick, with good stage points, will be okay uh, to make it in there, um, and we will see. Um, they also announced earlier in in the weekend that Circuit of the Americas is going to be a triple header weekend, so that's going to be something prior to the Charlotte uh, weekend uh, where they're going to have a triple header there, the Coca-Cola 600 weekend. They're going to run triple header weekend for Xfinity and Trucks, so Trucks will have at least two road races next year, so that'll be nice. Xfinity, I think they're going to have six road course races next year or something. I, I might be wrong on that off the top. I'm thinking about it all, you know, like 
I think they're going to have at least six road course races. So basically the Xfinity series is turning into Trans Am, uh, except it's way more expensive and it's not as good on, on, in terms of a product, but Hey, whatever it is, what it is. We will, uh, talk about them, uh, here shortly in terms of Martinsville. And we'll talk about what's going to be going on next year, uh, more in detail later in the uh, year. Uh, finally, we will talk about the truck series race at uh, at Texas, which was the Speedy Cash 400, uh, which was Sheldon Creed getting into the round of uh, getting into the final race at uh, Phoenix in the championship four with a win, beating Austin Hill um, there at Texas. A lot of a lot of action. Ben Rhodes and the Joe and the big Joe Gibbs, the Kyle Busch trucks got into a lot of stuff. Um, you know, there's a lot of controversy there. Creed Hill, Zane Smith, Raphael Lassard, Brett Moffat, the top five, Crafton, uh, Dipshit, Austin Wayne Self, um, Dylan Lupton, Derek Krause, Tanner Gray, the top ten. Tyler Hill had uh, props to him, uh, props to the whole entire Hill family coming from Maryland, uh, East Coast, uh, props to all of them. Tyler Hill getting an 11th place finish. Uh, James Busher, the former Truck Series champion, making a return, finished starting tailback, as Rusty would say, and finished 15th. Um, you know, Anderson, he's running an interesting truck this weekend. Spencer Boyd. Who hasn't had a great year this year after winning Talladega last year? He finished top 15, so credit to them. Uh, ben Rhodes, you know, he was buried there with late, late wreck. Josh Balicki is going to try to wreck him, so that'll be interesting. Uh, your when your trucks are so bad that you can't really even run on pace, how you're going to wreck somebody will be something. Um, the maggot piece of trash uh got wrecked uh at early in the race but he was at a rally today talking about how great he is and how it's so fuck him i don't know how tim vines has a has a license to drive uh trucks or do anything in nascar it makes me think i could be in nascar and it has nothing to do with maggot or anything it's just i could be in nascar uh, between him, Jesse Awuji, um, some of the people that are in Cup driving Rick Ware cars, uh, it you, the the level of talent or level of ability you need to have to drive a vehicle, it's almost like can you see, can you talk, can you turn a wheel, can you press a pedal? Um, yeah, okay, yeah, you could drive. That's basically the standards we have here uh, at this point in NASCAR. But, hey, you know, if you're going to be a demo derby, you're going to go and get demo derby driver. That's what they are. Um, props to Dawson Cram, a uh, former guest here on the GSP. Great kid. Absolutely salt-of-the-earth kid. Uh, destroyed a truck at Talladega, not, his own, not of his own doing. Um, they're a small team trying to make it. 
got a top 20 finish there, a little bit of cash. There ain't a whole lot of money in the truck series. So um, every penny counts uh, top 20 for them. I want to give them props. Danny Bone, a East Coast guy, uh, whatever. He got a top 20 as well. Uh, Josh, there was a lot of nonsense that went on in that truck series race on uh, Sunday afternoon where the cup race probably should have run. Um, and then the truck race, who cares when they run that race? Cause it's the truck race, but um, it's NASCAR and how they schedule things and et cetera, et cetera. The truck race should have probably run on Saturday, but that's logic. That's common sense. Uh, that would have been fine. And they could have run the cup race early. We wouldn't even be in this position. We would have had the show done already. And you and I would be doing whatever the hell we'd be doing here on a freaking Wednesday night. But um, Sheldon Creed, uh, Robbie Gordon Jr. gets into uh, the final four. Uh, strong salad game. It's like Robbie Gordon's uh, circa 1993 going on here Um and Sheldon Creed trying to win a truck series championship and then give himself an opportunity to repeat in 2021. Uh, what did you uh, think of what went on at uh, in that truck race? Yeah, I mean, Sheldon Creed taking the win, not really surprising uh, how it went down. But, I mean, the rest of the stuff that happened, like, I think the main talking point is what – Ben Rhodes did to Kyle Busch Motorsports this weekend and and uh, with his incident with um, uh, Christian Eckes there at the very end of that race, that's uh, pretty blatant. And, uh, I mean, I guess he felt like he wasn't being raced fairly, so he went and took him out in, like, the worst way that he could take out somebody in a, a race. And uh, he didn't get penalized for it, and so I guess he moves on, and then he got into it with Josh Balicki on the last lap. And maybe, you know, you talk about how is Josh Balicki going to wreck Ben Rhodes next weekend. Well, maybe he might pull Matt Kenseth like what Kenseth did in uh, 2015 to Joey Logano there at Martinsville. But we'll see what yeah. happens there. But uh, I mean, I don't, I don't even understand that one. I'm uh, just the, I guess the amount that of anger that you need to to intentionally wreck somebody like that is uh, pretty inexcusable. And and uh, I mean, if you got to wreck somebody, at least do it in the corners, you know, um, or coming off the corner, or something like that. And at least at least make it look like you know, like you didn't do it on purpose. But you know, when you do it on the straightaway like that uh, and coming off the corner. Uh, well, it was coming off the corner, but it is like, you know, they're accelerating onto the onto the quad over there. But it was uh, inexcusable, and I can't believe he didn't get penalized for that. But I, I will say, though, I do kind of agree with the sentiment of, like, feeling like the Kyle Busch guys take or don't race anybody with respect. Uh, and I, I kind of agree with the sentiment of that, but I just don't agree with the, the execution there. Because uh, it's definitely uh, inexcusable on his end. I mean, you can't do that because that's just as bad as what he's trying to accuse the the entire Kyle Busch team of doing. And and I guess Christian Eckes and him had to get get into it in the the garage there after the race. And uh, there wasn't really a lot of video evidence of anything that went down uh, there. But I can only assume that Christian Eckes probably wanted to beat. Uh, 
everything in, into uh, uh, Ben Rhodes there and just leave him with a couple of black guys, I bet. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how that one goes and, and if that develops into anything further. I mean, Martinsville is a very good opportunity for this kind of stuff. Uh, for payback, so he might he might be wrecked by multiple guys uh, coming next weekend, uh, which is whatever for him. But um, and I mean it'll be entertaining to see how if uh, any of that stuff plays out. But for the rest of the playoff field, uh, Sheldon Creed punches his ticket to Phoenix, and he'll be racing there with uh, Brett Moff- Brett Moffitt there and uh, Austin Hill um, coming up short just once again at uh, another mile and a half track. But I think he'll be fine and be able to make it into the playoffs there and uh, shouldn't have any problems. We'll see what how, how it goes down uh, next weekend at Martinsville. Uh, good finish for Raphael Lazard, and it's been kind of uh, uneven this season in his first year in the truck series, but he had a good finish there in fourth place, uh, and that's uh, definitely something to uh, be proud of at, at uh, Texas with kind of a difficult track. Uh, even even in the truck series with just the the banking changes and and uh, some of the difficulties with Texas in general as it's a terrible track as we've talked about but uh, it was good good stuff for him and like you talked about with Dawson Cram finishing 18th uh, kept the race clean for him and and got a, a really good finish for his team so uh, glad that he was able to make it there at the end without any incidents uh, so good for him. Um, and I think I think for you know the rest of the field, uh, it was pretty interesting to um, see some of the some some of the normal guys that don't or I guess like not normal guys but you know some of the underfunded teams get better finishes like uh, the 56 Timmy Hill truck uh, that he owns is uh, Tyler Hill finishing 11th uh, in that truck. Uh, James Busher for racing for like the first time in like a long time finished 15th in the Nice truck. Uh, I thought that was good and um, there was uh, some interesting stuff that went on in this race. But um, I think I think um, it was typical for Texas as far as the truck series go. Uh, and I think it was not. I mean, it was not really that much to say except for the Ben Rhodes incident and and everything so i think next weekend at martinsville should be interesting and and um i think ben rhodes has several targets on his back and i think it's going to be pretty wild to see who, who can uh break their way into the championship four going into phoenix here coming up soon but uh, uh it was a very chaotic race overall just like the xfinity race was and i guess even the cup series race in a way too yeah uh- the race on Friday night, you know, weather pending, of course, considering all the crap that's gone on, you know, that it's going to be something. That truck race, there's going to be a lot of demolished vehicles here in the next two weeks um, with the truck series. Um, ben Rhodes is a big target on his back, as uh, Josh mentioned. Of course, when you consider everything Granin Fingers won a bunch of races this year. Must win situation for him. Ben Rhodes must win situation. Tyler Ankrum, he hasn't really sniffed a victory lane, but must win situation. Basically, there's only two spots open. If one of those guys win, it's one spot open. 
Austin Hill has a 15-point lead on Zane Smith. Uh, we'll see what goes on with stage points. Crafton is also 15 points behind Austin Hill. Uh, it'll be something to see what happens with that truck series race at Martinsville Friday night. It's going to be cold. Won't be a whole lot of um, temperature in the tires. Be rock hard, of course, because uh, Goodyear can't make a tire that falls off that doesn't, you know, wear out or some crap or whatever it is. Uh, we will see um, what happens and see what I, and and do what we can with the the race on. Uh, Friday and of course Xfinity on Saturday and then the cup race on Sunday afternoon running against the NFL I'm going and posting this here on my Facebook uh, in terms of uh, the great Nikki the great late Nikki Hayden in terms of an old post it's the only things I seem to post over here other than our show, which is one of the places you can find the Grip Strip podcast on uh, my Facebook page, on Josh's Facebook page. We'll, we'll go and share that all here uh, later before um, we close out here on the Grip Strip podcast. And... Um, and good so we will move on to the gsp roundup here uh this week the moto gp ran at aragon on sunday which saw the um terrell grand prix terrell grand prix and um, Franco Morbidelli gets his second win of 2020 over the Suzuki's of Alex Rins and Joanne Mir. Joanne Mir is the uh, points leader. Uh, Paul Espargaro finished fourth. Johan Zarco fifth. Oliveira, Miguel Oliveira, who won at Austria. Maverick Vinales, Fabio Quattararo, Iker Lacuona, and Danilo Petrucci, the top ten. Um, the Hondas of uh, Taka Nakagami, uh, Jack and uh, Alex Marquez both wrecked out of the race. Nakagami was up front. Marquez was up front. Um, wrecked out of probably big positions to um, do something there. Jack Miller wrecked out. Brad Binder, the um, winner at Austria or at Brno. Uh, wrecked out as well so it was a lot of carnage there the standings in the moto gp world championship with three rounds to go joanne Mir has not won a race this year but through consistency he has the points lead by 14 points he's finished on the podium five times and uh Every finish he's had outside of one has been in the top five. So in a in a year unlike any other in so many ways, of course, Mark Marquez is not racing this year. 
Um, Joanne Mir is the points leader by 14 over Fabio Quattararo, who won the first two races of the championship, has won three times this year, but has also had two non-scores and then other races where he's finished uh, deeper in the field. Maverick Vinales is third, Morbidelli fourth, and Andrea Davizioso is uh, 18 or yeah, 20. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to do math here. It's not working. It's 20, 28 points out in fifth that, and then they will be racing uh, this. The next race they'll be racing at is um, they won't be racing this week, I don't believe. Upcoming GT Masters, you know, you got World Touring Cars, and yeah, they won't be racing this week, um, but they'll be racing a couple weeks' time at uh, some. They'll be racing a couple weeks' time at Valencia for the first of two weeks at Valencia there before they finish at Algarve uh, where Formula One just was at. So they have a couple weeks break for Moto GP, Moto Two, Moto Three. In terms of the Moto Two World Championship, they were racing at Aragon two. The uh, main race results saw Sam Lowe's win over Giantonio and Ania Bastaini on the podium. Remy Gardner finished fourth. Joe Roberts got a 10th place finish. He'll be moving on to a different team next year within the Moto2 World Championship since his seat will be taken by four-time uh, uh, Moto America champion um, Cameron Bobier, uh, American Cameron Bobier, and uh, he'll be riding for the U.S. Uh, Moto2 team there. So that'll be cool to have two Americans in Moto2. Probably more interesting than watching MotoGP since Mark Marquez will be back. In terms of the point standings there in the Moto2 World Championship, Sam Lowe's took the points lead with his third consecutive win. Over Bastaini, it's a seven-point gap over him. Luca Marini is third. Vizecchi fourth. Jorge Martin fifth. Of course, there's big gaps between all of that. It's really a battle between Lowe's and Bastaini. Um, and then there's a battle between Remy Gardner, Tetsuya Nakajima, and Joe Roberts. There's only five points between them for sixth in points. And then Tom Luthi, the former Moto2 champion in ninth. Giantonio uh, finished second there. He's now 10th in points. Javi Vieje and Augusto Fernandez, Marcel Schroeder, um, Aaron Kinnett, they're all within four points of each other there for 10th. And then they'll be waiting a couple weeks' time to race in uh, their next race. And uh, and then we got uh, the NHRA. We'll bring that up here. Um, 
Did you see any of the NHRA stuff or guess in terms of um, things going on? I know you're on uh, vacation, but. No, I didn't see much of it, actually. I mean, what I would like to know, but you can go ahead and go on with the NHRA. Yeah. So we talk about Steve Torrance. Of course, he didn't win. Uh, Tony Schumacher ended up winning uh, his first race in a while. Uh, the Sarge going and uh, getting a, a win in the Camping World Drag Racing Series. The Mopar Express Lane, it was still called the Spring Nationals, but um, definitely wasn't in the spring. And uh, Tony Schumacher won in Top Fuel. Tommy Johnson Jr. won in Funny Car. Aaron Stanfield in Pro Stock, his first career win. His dad, former Pro Stock truck champion, Greg Stanfield, and former winner in Pro Stock, Greg Stanfield. Eddie Krawick gets his first win of the year on the all-conquering Harleys. And then you got, um, you had uh, top alcohol driver, blah, blah, blah. Aaron Stanfield doubled up. He won Pro Stock and factory stock showdown uh you had other guys there again people and most of those guys i don't know sean cowie won top alcohol dragster uh there at houston they'll be running at las vegas for the series finale uh the season finale there uh for the 2020 season in um the nhra and that'll be coming up this weekend the Dodge NHRA finals taking into account what happened at uh, Houston. Steve Torrance has five rounds on the, on Doug Coletta, more than five rounds. So basically, I mean, as long as Steve Torrance qualifies, uh, he's going to get another top field title. It's kind of a shame for Doug Coletta, the way he was running earlier this year, uh, that he falls short yet again of a top field championship. Uh, Billy Torrance and uh, Tony Stewart's girlfriend are battling for third in points. And then there's a battle between Langdon and Antron Brown for fifth, et cetera, et cetera. Tony Schumacher's in the top ten in points. He didn't even run every race. That tells you all you need to know about how healthy uh, – NHRA top field is um, Matt Hagen has just over two rounds on Tommy Johnson Jr. and Jack Beckman. It'll definitely be a DSR car, which DSR car it'll be to be determined, likely Matt Hagen, but um, Tommy Johnson, who's never won the championship, Jack Beckman, who's a former champion, are both still in play. Uh, going into the pro stock category at Vegas this weekend, it's more than two rounds, almost three rounds for Eric Anders for her to repeat as a pro stock champion to become a four-time pro stock champion um, and go and uh, take all the COVID and maggot cock um, in her mouth in every orifice because that's what she's about, her and her dumb sister. Uh, Jack Coughlin, Jason Line will be retiring. be uh, sad to see them go. Uh, but they, uh, we'll see what they can do here at Vegas. 
if possibly they make something interesting, it's going to be very hard for them. They're three rounds, basically three rounds out going into this race on Sunday. Matt Smith's got basically four rounds on Scotty Polachek, his teammate, and Eddie Krawick, and then Andrew Hines is over four rounds back. So, I mean, as long as Matt Smith qualifies, if anything, if he goes and sets a record, he'll, he'll put it out of reach. Matt Smith will go and repeat as a pro stock motorcycle champion, get a yet another pro stock motorcycle championship uh, to go and join his legendary father, um, Tricky Ricky Smith, as a multiple world champion. Uh, he's he's uh, came out of nowhere and he won uh, set natural record, not repeat. Sorry, I said he was repeat. Earned him. Uh, they're saying all that. Number all. What the heck? That tell somebody has to. I I would be great working for NHRA because whatever they don't know how to go and update their their website talking about highlights and whatever. I mean, honestly, like they're really screwing screwing people up here, acting like he wasn't even there. Not saying what points he had, what he did. Like, ugh, what a terrible sight. So that's that. We will see what happens at Vegas in the season finale. They have four wide there. They're going to have four wide at Vegas and Charlotte next year. Um, Probably going to have fans, but we will see. I mean, Supercross also announced uh, their 2021 schedule, and it's kind of focused and uh, condensed relative, and they're going to be running midweek races as well similar to what they ran at uh, at Rice-Eccles Stadium in, um, in uh, not Rice-Eccles Stadium, what am I saying? It was in Utah. Um, and when they ran out the rest of their calendar and uh, did to go and finish out the 2020 Supercross season. So we'll talk about, we'll talk about that more as we go into the uh, next, uh, into the off season, we'll talk about Supercross. We'll talk about other series. Um, Laguna is coming up for the IMSA. All four classes will be running there. And we will see what's going on with that. Um, you know, prototype championship, you know, it's a Cadillac, uh, likely, Cadillac uh, championship for the prototypes and uh, GT is going to go to Corvette, but or GTLM, but GTD is still in play. And then there's still other positions to be decided. Uh, we will talk about the, we'll talk about the races this weekend. There'll be trucks, Xfinity and cup at, Martinsville will also be uh, Formula One at Imola this weekend. We'll start with the NASCAR races at uh, Martinsville, and I'll uh, throw to you, Josh, in uh, terms of 
you know, Friday truck picks will go over here. The Hall of Fame, NASCAR Hall of Fame 200. Sheldon Creed has the pole. Uh, Austin Hill. Um, that's a terrible. Why would you do it by car, by truck number? That's that's really dumb. Yeah, so Sheldon Creed, Zane Smith will start on the front row. Austin Hill, Brett Moffitt, second row. Matt Crafton and Tyler Ankrum third. So it's all the playoff guys in the first four rows. Who do you, do you, I guess the question is at this point, is there a pot, do you believe a non-playoff driver can win this race? If so, who, if not, which playoff driver do you think will win? And then one wild card for whatever, whether playoff or non-playoff driver. Uh, I don't think a non-playoff driver will win this weekend. I feel like it's highly unlikely, um, considering how qualifying is stacked up to. You're likely to get a, a playoff driver that is in the uh, lead for a long portion of the race. And so I feel like it's probably not likely that... Uh, um, non-playoff driver winning. I mean, I'd like to see it happen uh, where kind of like what happened today, a non-playoff driver, or at least a former playoff driver, no longer in contention winning the race uh, and kind of putting the the standings at a at a, a standstill and basically like preventing people from moving up or down um, in a chaotic way like the winning seems to promote for somebody that's out of uh, on the outside looking in and needing a win. But um, I think this weekend for this race, uh, I feel like uh, I feel like it's probably I, – I would go with Austin Hill winning the race. Uh, I feel like uh, he's got to, you know, make his way into this championship, and I think it's good preparation for Phoenix. Um, I think Sheldon Creed, Brett Moffitt, you know they they can uh, afford to not have to win this weekend if they don't need it. Um, you know they don't they don't have to like go out and perform. And you know Austin Hill, um, I think he's on good footing, but certainly would help to make it in. And I feel like he's a, a solid short track driver and and definitely can uh, make it in into this uh, championship and and lock himself in. And you know he had. Uh, a good chance of at Bristol, which is a more high bank short track, but still a short track, and ended up getting into wreck there. And he did finish uh, pretty good at at Richmond also. So I, I think uh, he has a good chance of uh, winning this race. Uh, maybe a, a wild card. Uh, I would probably go with uh, Christian Eckes there. Uh, I think you know if he if he can stay out of trouble and uh, take care of business. You know, he could end up having a, a good race. And, you know, the Todd Gilliland won in, in that truck last year. So I'm sure they'll bring back the the same setup notes and and they can uh, work on the car throughout the race and uh, get him up front. And he definitely could be a guy to watch out for as long as uh, he doesn't have to deal with Ben Rhodes or anybody like that. So I think those are my picks for the truck series this weekend. Yeah, you got, I mean, you're talking about Rudy Fugel over there 
and uh, he's going to be moving over to 24 to work for uh, a noted uh, um, cake eater, um, William Byron, uh, who they worked together. They won seven races in the truck series, and they got they blew up in one of the races and after doing all they did in the regular season didn't even make it to the finale won the finale uh would have probably won the championship there but because of the rules package then which is probably part of the reason why we have the rules the the points package now uh happened there for ben rhodes rudy fugel be moving up to the cup series uh big another fail by joe gibbs and toyota uh, to not keep him since people are talking about Kyle Busch and Adam Stevens, which I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess we'll get onto that in a, in a little bit when you talk about the cup series, I'm probably going to go on a tangent there, but I'll, I'm going to pick Matt Crafton. Uh, dude is people. I mean, you can question whatever town, great greatness, whatever the way he won the championship last year to become a three-time champion guy has been at this deal for over 20 years at a high level for the most part and fundamentally he's a he's a lifer in the truck series he's made limited appearances in the cup series and done all right um i i just i don't know what it is the way things are the way people are going to be driving people going to be trying to run over one another um, it, it kind of has this feel where it's a crafting kind of th- race where you have these GMS drivers that are all trying to battle. You have Austin Ailey's young guy and, and Crafton comes in and sneaks through and wins this race. He's a former winner in Martinsville, so it isn't out of the realm of possibility. Um, in terms of somebody that I would look at as a wild card, I'll pick Derek Krause. He missed the he missed the playoffs just by a little bit there. And and Krause is a former uh, West Series champion, twice Arca West champion, which is based on short tracks. The McAnally team is learning the truck series. I think it'd be a great position for them to go and set themselves up for 2021 and uh get a good result there uh dawson graham will be starting 24th on the in the race on uh friday night of course weather permitting we have to say that since um, it's an issue everywhere and we will see and we'll talk about it next week on the gsp what happens and who'll be there and what's going to happen in the uh truck series race and truck series championship situation there um the xfinity series draft top 250 we'll see austin Sindrick star on pole of course the top eight will be all the um playoff or top nine since they count the owner's championship which is why jeb burton starting eighth uh Sindrick, Gregson, Haley, Chastain, Briscoe, Allgaier, Buckshot, Jeb, Ryan Sieg, Harrison Burton, of course, who won last week, um, Mike Lynette, Brandon Brown, the uh, top 12. 
Um, I think, you know, if if a, if a wild card wasn't going to win in a truck series, I think it, it would be pretty hard to think that it would be pretty tough to think that a wild card's going to win here, um, given the way that uh, uh, the the whole layout of the uh, field is. I mean, 250 laps at Martinsville. Xfinity hasn't run at Martinsville since 2006 when Kevin Harvick won. Um, it's it's a total wild card in that sense. But um, you look at the way the current point situation is right now. Do you see? I mean, I, I mean, do you see one of the four drivers making it in? Josh on points that are outside of the current top four if so who um, if not uh, or by win and or do you think one of those four drivers will win um, in terms of your pick and then otherwise what do you expect in terms of an Xfinity race which will be unlike most Xfinity races have been in recent memory yeah, this is pretty tough to say. Uh, I, I'm, I don't think there will be any drivers. Well, I'm gonna admit that. I think if there's anybody that will make it in on points, it's probably Brandon Jones because he's the closest in terms of points. Uh, he's only four points behind Justin Haley going into this race, uh, so it's pretty easy to lose four spots. And it's easy to gain four spots at Martinsville, especially on restarts. So I think probably Brandon Jones has the best chance of making it on points uh, as long as he stays out of trouble. And he does have a tendency to back into wins. And he did win at Phoenix, which is a similar flat track in the series. So if he were, uh, if there were a driver that's outside the uh, top four currently right now that could win. I, I'll also say that it could also be Brandon Jones. Uh, I'm just going off of what we've seen this year and how he tends to win races for the most part and, and uh, how he's performed at other uh, similar tracks, which I guess Phoenix is a similar track. It's a little bit faster track, but it is a uh, kind of a flat track uh similar well not really similar but uh in in a way martinsville is also a flat track compared to phoenix so i think it guess it fits but i think he could potentially sneak in like that uh if things goes his way but uh i feel like overall though it's a, a race that could could uh somebody in the top four end up winning and i think Likely, I think it would be a race for either Austin Sindrick or Justin Algar to go and win. I mean, Algar did win the other short track race in Virginia at Richmond earlier this year in the uh, the playoffs. And, and Austin Sindrick, uh, I mean, I guess you could say that his road course experience, um, being able to uh, pass cars under braking and, and things like that uh, could also apply at Martinsville. So this could also be a good track for him. And everybody's basically brand new to this track, unless you had uh, cups, Cup Series experience. And Justin Algar does have experience at this track. Truck the series, series experience, too. Yeah, yeah, Truck Series, yeah. So, yeah, guys who've raced in the Truck Series or in the Cups, uh, Cup Series have 
uh, at Martinsville um, would possibly do well. And I think I'm I'm going to go with um, I'll go with Algar here overall uh, in this race. I think uh, he could have a really good shot to win. Um, and I think this is a track probably that fits him and some something that could help him uh, get into the, the playoffs and secure his uh, spot for the final four going into Phoenix. Um, maybe a, a non-playoff driver that could do well um, or be a threat to win, possibly somebody. Um, I mean, I feel like it's probably going to be a more competitive car like uh, Harrison Burton. Uh, who's not in the playoffs right now, but uh, he could definitely be a threat to win at this track. But you also have to look at maybe one of the underfunded teams like Ryan Sieg, who, well, he is a playoff driver, but uh, this this is a track that could work for him. Uh, somebody like uh, Brandon Brown, also not in the playoffs anymore, and definitely he could have a really good finish uh, at this track. So there's a lot of th- things that can happen, and I feel like you know, this this race could end up being uh, one of the most chaotic races in the uh, entire season, and which is saying a lot considering all the things that have happened uh, on the track this year. But I think um, it's going to be an interesting race. Maybe it'll uh, be similar to the last time the Xfinity Series raced at, at Martinsville. They had like 20 cautions or something. I'd expect something similar there. Uh, on Saturday or uh, whenever they race at uh, Martinsville for the Xfinity Series. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because it'll be Saturday afternoon. It's going to be really cold, Uh, you know, all the weather and everything that's going on there. Um, In terms of a choice or in terms of a pick for me, for, for Saturday's race, it's... I would, uh, I brought this up earlier in there, so there's that. Um, I mean, you picked, uh, you, you picked Justin Allgaier there, Josh. I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Ross Chastain. I'll, I'll go out on a limb. Guy hasn't won all year. He knows he's got a job next year. He's going to be in the 42 Cup car. Uh, it's likely that AJ Allmendinger is going to be in in Ross Chastain's ride, and he's going to be starting basically tailback. Um, that and that in it in itself gives me an an option for what I'm going to say next there. So, I mean, Chastain needs to win. He's gotten good, really good at Martinsville here in recent years. Those Nice uh, truck races there. Uh, last year really helped him with his confidence. I think that he needs to win, of course, to make this final four um, after what he's gone through all year, basically. I mean, he could stage point himself into a position to be there. Uh, Gregson and Sieg really kind of have to win. Uh, Bruckshot, Haley, there's a little bit there. Also with Sindrick, Allgaier, it's kind of in play, but I do think Sindrick will make it. They're good enough. Martinsville's a great track for Penske. Um, of course, Junebug loves Martinsville, so you'd assume the JRM cars are going to be, be all right as well. But um, I do think that the college cars will show up 
at Martinsville. There's a reason why AJ Allmendinger's in this race. Uh, I think Mar- AJ Allmendinger's been good at Martinsville over the years. He finished second for Penske there. Um, he's one to watch as a wild card. Donald Teague, uh, former or former Canadian Tire Series or Pinty Series driver, is going to be driving for Mario Goslin, fellow Canadian. So that'll be cool. Uh, Carl Long, the bleeping legend, he'll be driving a 66 for himself. BJ McLeod will be there. Of course, he's been running all year. He'll be driving for himself, actually. He won't be driving for uh, Johnny Davis. He'll be driving his own vehicle. All the uh, Johnny Davis cars, um, well, what is it? The 0, 4, and 5, the 15. Yeah, so the, the all the Johnny Davis uh, vehicles are being driven, driven by other driving, driven by other uh people so bj mcleod's gonna be driving for himself that'll be something um jeff green the former xfinity series champion way back when will be driving the 93 car um here the last two races of the season since um uh, myatt snyder has moved back to the 21 car for the last two races of the year here martinsville and at phoenix uh, trying to put himself in a position for uh, 2021 for an opportunity, what that'll be or where that'll be is to be determined. But um, yeah, I'll pick Ross Chastain for the win. We'll go from that to the Cup Series Carnage. That will be the Xfinity 500. It'll be sponsored by Xfinity. Can, uh, credit to them on that. Uh, they haven't brought out the um uh, or, or whatever starting lineup there they'll probably have it tomorrow i guess the um easy easy question is based on our current point standings i i'm gonna i'm gonna do it this way because there's four drivers within two points so it's kind of a toss-up between those four drivers. Um, I do believe Kevin Harvick's going to make it. Do you see a path for Martin Truex or Kurt Busch to get get in there um, on Sunday? And if it isn't one of those two guys, is it somebody... L, do you see one of those other six winning? Do you see possibly Joey Logano getting his second win of this round? He did sweep around previously in his career. You know, does Kevin Harvick somehow or another show up at a 750 track before he has to go to Phoenix, which is one of his best tracks? Does Denny Hamlin do it? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, what do you see for uh, this weekend at uh, Martinsville, Josh? Yeah, I I think for for this weekend, I mean, if anything, like Martin Truex just has to do what he did in June and win the race, and he's in, and I could see that happening. Uh, I don't think Kurt Busch, I think he um, just doesn't have the, the car uh, to do it at Martinsville, but if he hangs around, 
and he's able to stay within the top five and maybe they get a, a late race caution and he's right behind the leader maybe maybe he sends it into turn one and bumps him out of the way or or something like that and steals the win uh, i could see that happening but i feel like he out of all the drivers he probably just doesn't have the 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 pace that he needs to uh, go out and win the race uh I think Joey Logano, he could certainly see Joey Logano winning the race uh, at Martinsville, but I, he likely has uh, not, a, not a whole lot to lose. So there's you know no reason, unless he just needs to make sure he, he can um, perform well with a 750 package uh, at, at a short track. Maybe he leads laps and hangs around top 10, top 5, but I don't really uh, see him winning the race. And then uh, Chase Elliott, I think for for him, like he's pretty good at Martinsville. Should have won at Martinsville a few years ago, and you know he got wrecked by Denny Hamlin in 2017. Should have won that one. Uh, I could see him winning the race. He's been, like I said, he's been good at Martinsville in the past, and this is definitely a, a track that he could win at for sure. Uh, he just has to put his best for it foot forward and and lead as many laps as he can and just stay up front and and uh be there at the very end um and uh i think alex bowman is probably the other driver that maybe you can write off but uh they've they've uh, been kind of one of the sneaky teams this uh timer in the playoffs this year and uh i mean i i would probably count him out but i don't want to um he could possibly steal a win because um, for him they they're going to need to uh, be able to win the race to make it to phoenix in the championship but he's probably about the same chances as kurt bush but he's definitely one of the uh sneaky teams that uh this time in the playoffs so uh i think i think there's possibly he could win but it's uh fairly unlikely then brad keselowski uh he could win He's won at Martinsville in the past. Uh, I think for him, it's probably important that he wins, or at least that he can stay, uh, you know, stay ahead in the the title. And as long as he doesn't have any disaster happens to him, I think you can basically say that he's uh, ready to win the championship, or well, ready to make it to Phoenix. Uh, shouldn't have any issues, just as as long as he doesn't get crashed or anything like that. Uh, Denny Hamlin. He could win the race at, Fien- or at Martinsville, and I think he's a very, very uh, uh, potential threat to win the race at, at Martinsville. He's had several Martinsville victories in the past, and definitely could see him winning the race. But I, I, uh, I think, I think uh, out of all the drivers, I feel like um, his chances of winning are probably the best. Uh, I think. This is like the the time of the year that he needs to win, uh, and I think he could win the race here at uh, Martinsville this weekend. And then Kevin Harvick, uh, I think think he could win too, but um, he doesn't really have a whole lot to risk. Uh, they probably just need to set up a baseline going into Phoenix, and and maybe he hangs around the t- uh, top ten, top five, and and uh, he's not really a. I mean, he's won in the Martinsville in the past, but it's not like you know he's a, a guy that you um, have to look out for at Martinsville. Just um, 
doesn't have maybe the the track record that somebody like Denny Hamlin has at this track. So I think this weekend is probably Denny Hamlin's race to lose just in terms of going off of what he's put up in the past on his resume at this track and and how he performs at at short tracks in general. So uh, I'm going to pick Denny Hamlin to win the race this weekend. Maybe a a wild card to look out for uh, somebody like Ryan Blaney or even Kyle Busch, um, both who've already won this year, of course. And I, I feel like they've uh, done pretty well at short tracks in the past. And and certainly Kyle Busch has won this track before. And uh, he could be somebody in the top five late in the race uh, that if uh, something happens, he could make something happen and, and potentially go for another win. Yeah, all great points there, Josh, uh, in terms of the um, race at Martinsville on Sunday. Um, I, I look at Brad. Keselowski as the uh, person to look at to win. He's won there multiple times before. He needs to win, in a sense, to guarantee himself a spot at Phoenix. He ran well at Phoenix in the spring prior to the COVID uh, shutdown. Uh, Martinsville has been uh, good to Penske in recent years. Uh, You would assume that Penske is going to put everything in there Uh, power to try to get two cars to the final four knock out a Gibbs car since likely Denny Hamlin's going to be there so I I would go and pick uh, Brad Keselowski Um, I would say as a wild card it's really wild probably big odds considering his track record on short tracks on pavement would be Chris Bell uh, recent races while they gave the rookie of the year to Cole Custer because he won a race and he made the playoff. Um, he hasn't been the best rookie this year, frankly. Um, I would say that there's been times where Tyler Reddick was the best rookie. There's been time recent times. It's been Chris Bell, uh, you know, Cole Custer at his moments. John Hunter Nemechek has had his moments this year. Might be one of the strongest rookie classes that we've had. Um, in cup history, to be completely honest. Um, and I do think Chris Bell will be able to do something. He's coming back to racetrack for a second time. So we saw with Texas how he was able to respond. We saw what he did at Kansas in his second time there. Um, I think we'll have a similar type of performance here at Martinsville. Uh, before we go, tonight here on the GSP. Uh, Josh, uh, you're preparing for the Open Wheels 500. Uh, Let us know what's going on with that, with your sim racing game, uh, in terms of other series you're running, and um, give us some updates on what's going on with you and where we can follow you. Yeah, uh, with the Open Wheels 500, we have the opening session for practice on Sunday, and think they'll be streaming that on their youtube page uh from like 2 30 until 7 30 the practice session uh overall is going to be from 1 30 until or one o'clock until nine so um i've been been working on some some setups and continue to work on that um throughout uh until qualifying starts which is on next saturday and sunday and first day is pole day and then the second day is the the bump day i think and it's going to be pretty intense how all that plays out 
but I'm excited and uh, hopefully we can make it in. Uh, got to get the paint job uh, here pretty soon, and I got the logo from you the other day, and uh, need to put some have some time and put that together. Uh, got some ideas in my head for that. Um, more of a simple paint scheme, nothing nothing too complex, you know, just something that has uh, colors that bl- uh, balance out and and uh, design is good. So we'll yeah, keep it clean, updated. Yeah. So we'll keep it updated for that. Um, uh, and uh, I think for right now, for the iRacing, just going to be focusing on particularly all, all on, on the Open Wheels 500 and anything related to the IndyCar uh, in the fixed series or open series uh, might might try to just, you know, like for, for you know, practicing racecraft outside of the practice sessions, maybe jump into one of those. Uh, we'll try to be streaming that and on Twitch and uh, maybe maybe we'll post it on YouTube afterwards if I can figure that out. Um, we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, fantasy football with uh, uh, our league that we're in, I got crushed. I, I had a good score with 188, and then uh, the other guy I faced had like a, a 300, 300 score. Which is, uh, Joe, Joe yeah. had 300-something points, which is absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean – yeah, yeah, as much as 50 points. Yeah, that that'll do it. I mean, he had 290. I mean, it's the fact of the matter is Josh. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm I'm cutting into your time. Josh would have beat one, two, two, three, four, five teams last week, but he ran into a buzzsaw, which was um, uh, Joe's team, uh, which scored nearly 300 points last week so unfortunately um you know, josh dropped from second to third but he's only one game out uh behind me so um i'll throw back to you josh yeah no it's it's fine but uh it shows just how competitive it is and you know like with uh, the type of scoring and everything i mean i have no problems against it it's just my first time being in a, a two qb league and uh where you, you have a uh, individual defensive players um so it's been interesting to have to strategize yep. for all of that but uh i had I mean, to do it i had to do yeah. it because I, I hate team defenses i don't care oh. for kickers and and fundamentally i think it makes it a little more interesting that way and then adding a little scoring we we used to be on a page over on facebook uh, with mike sanders his scoring is even crazier than that so I thought my I, this scoring seems in, this seems crazy, nothing to what he does with his league. But um, yeah, I mean uh, Josh has been a great player in our league or my league, and um, and not just a good friend and a and a co-host and uh, but a great football fantasy football player. And I mean that's the thing, you know, sharp mind. It makes sense. I'm I'm battling a bunch of frickin' ringers here, you know, with the minds and the math and all the things, and I'm just a, a football and racing junkie, so it's kind of like fighting. It's 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 like coming to a a, a gunfight with a knife kind of thing. But hey, yeah. Uh, so I think. I think yeah, that's all for me. But you know, as usual, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, JP Huffline, then the Twitch uh, at 
uh, you sailor too. And then I, th- I think maybe we get some YouTube stuff. I'll, I'll put that out, like, uh, recording the, the streams and, uh, archiving it on YouTube or on Twitch, uh, which I think, you know, follow me there. Just find my name, Josh Huffine on, on YouTube. Uh, we'll see if we can get that on there. And, yeah, we'll keep keep everybody updated with uh, Open Wheels 500. Hopefully, we can make it in. Um, excited for it. Uh, it's going to be a, a challenge, but I think it's going to be worth it. And you know, it's going to be interesting because there's like 58 rookies, which uh, is like insane amount of rookies in in that race, and it's like over 110 entries overall. So it's it's going to be pretty intense, and uh, you know, looking forward to it and all that. So. Um, it's going to be going to be a lot of fun and you know i'm i'm hoping uh we can get our name out and you know people other people can see what gripshire podcast is and they can go and listen to us uh and uh all of the platforms that we're on yeah absolutely and uh i mean the fact is you're you're good at the the sim racing and it'll be cool to get in there and tanner Watkins, who former guest on the show, and he works for the IndyCar series these days, and he runs a great Sim 500, and there's other Sim 500s going on. So, um, but the Open Wheels 500 is is an awesome race and sponsored and the whole bit. So, um, hopefully, Josh will be able to get in. We'll be able to go and promote the gsp and everything that's going on with that and hopefully uh get ourselves out there a little better and josh is able to show his craft his race craft uh behind the wheel and maybe do something like jimmy broadbent and go and and make uh go and get a win in the open wheels 500 which would be huge for not not just for josh as a race car racing driver but for us as a uh, podcast and give us a little bit of a a following and uh it would be cool uh to see that happen for sure um we'll definitely be we'll keep you updated on that we'll keep you updated on the fall brawl league I've kind of fallen behind. It's kind of the same with the show and everything is just trying to go and make sure that we um, give you the best that we can possibly give. And I've had stuff going on. I want to be better and I know we can be better and we will be. I mean, it's our first year figuring things out together. Uh, this is going to be so much better a year from now. We're going to be like amazed by what uh we were doing in this spot we're gonna be uh we're gonna be legitimate you know uh frontline frontline podcast for sure um you can follow me at on twitter at philip g matthew uh we're on twitter at grip strip pod uh i'm on uh, facebook at philip g matthew and uh, uh you can philip g matthew.com on wordpress where these are all places where you can find the Grip Strip Podcast. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. Uh, we're on Podbean, Spotify. Uh, we're on different... You Basically, you go put in Grip Strip Podcast, you can go and find us. We're in most of the places where 
you would go and find your podcast. We will be back next week, uh, hopefully in our regular time slot, to go and talk about Martinsville. We'll also talk about the racing that's going on um, elsewhere in the world of motorsports here on the Grip Strip Podcast. We thank you for listening tonight. Um, wear a mask, uh, social distance, uh, take care of one another, care for one another, uh, put your vote in, in a voting, like a box or whatever, one of the, 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 the drop boxes. Vote or, early. Or vote early um, and uh, do what you can. It's definitely important. It always is important, but it's definitely more important now more than ever. Take care. God bless. We'll be back next week on the GSP. Uh, enjoy your racing. Enjoy your sports. Enjoy one another. Uh, take care. <laughs>